Praise God, beloved, and welcome to Grateful for Love. This is Regina. We have been sharing from the Roman road uh, just various scriptures coming out of the book of Romans to help us as we uh, desire to share with someone, with those who don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And so these verses will give us a good foundation in terms of where a person is with Christ or without Christ. And so we want to be able to be familiar with these verses, these passages, so that as we come across those um, on our life's journey who need to hear about the gospel, the gift of salvation, we'll be able to share it with them. And today we want to look at the verse Um, a couple of verses, uh, Romans chapter 3, verses 10 and 12, and then Romans chapter 3, verse 23. And so we want to look at, first of all, coming from and reading from the NIV translation, Romans chapter 3, verse 10 and 12. And this is under the subheading of no one is righteous. So this verse is going to build uh, up on the premise that none of us are right. Uh, It has nothing to do with uh, where I live versus where you live or what color I am versus what color you may be. It has to do with God's definition of righteousness. And so verse um, 10 of chapter 3 of Romans says, There is no one righteous, not even one. And then it says in verse 12, all have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one, not even one. Let's look at some of the cross references we have here. And uh, the first cross reference I want to look at is in Psalm uh, number 10 verse 4 10 4 and it says the wicked in the haughtiness of his countenance does not seek him all his thoughts are there is no God again the wicked in the haughtiness of his countenance does not seek him all his thoughts are there is no God. So a wicked person is not thinking about God because he does not believe that there is a God to think about uh, for the most part. Let's also look at Psalm 14 verses 1 through 3. Now the verse that I read out of Psalm 10 was from the Open Bible. But this will be reading from the King James Version. Um, This is Psalm 14, 1 through 3. And it says, The fool hath said in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. 
there is none that doeth good, no, not one. Praise God. I want to look at this also from the Good News Translation. I want to turn there quickly um, and read it from that um, that same passage as well. Psalm number 14, 1 through 3. And this is under the subheading of human wickedness. And it says, Fools say to themselves, There is no God. They are all corrupt, and they have done terrible things. There is no one who does what is right. The Lord looks down from heaven at us humans to see if there are any who are wise, any who worship him, but they have all gone wrong. They are all equally bad. Not one of them does what is right. Not a single one. And if we look at Psalm 53, it also says um, the same. Let's turn there. And these are all cross-references just to um, solidify and point to uh, what we read in Romans 3, 10 and 12 in regards to no one being righteous. Now, this is Psalm 53, verse 1 through 3, and it says, Fools say to themselves, there is no God. They are all corrupt, and they have done terrible things. There is no one who does what is right. God looks down from heaven at people to see if there are any who are wise, any who worship him. But they have all turned away. They are all equally bad. Not one of them does what is right. Not a single one. And this is the exact same reading, wording in Psalm 14. So the point is that the wicked, the foolish, um, they say to themselves, there is no God. And so we have to keep in mind that that the sin... Um, or the wickedness that is being spoken of here is not about the sins that we may commit, for example, like lying or stealing or cheating. We're not talking about those sins. We're talking about, as we talked from the several uh, episodes uh, from last year, about the original sin. Uh, This is what started everything. The original sin was when Adam... Um, chose to disobey God. God had given him dominion over all of uh, the garden. Everything in it was under his subjection. But he was told by God not to eat from one tree. And so when Adam and his wife Eve ate from that tree that God had told Adam not to eat from, then death was introduced and came into the world as a result of Adam's sin of disobedience. That was the original. That was the first sin that was committed. And so because of what Adam did, that fell upon all of us. So every human born has a want to sin. We just want to. 
it's in us we want to sin for the most part and uh, it breeds itself it continues to grow and fester until we hear the truth and we come face to face with the truth of who God is through his son Jesus the Christ God in the flesh and once we come to know him and receive him then we are we're able to understand better the condition that we were in before him and now that we have him in our lives um, as Lord and Savior. So let's look at uh, now Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Romans 3 and 23. Now we read from Romans 3, 10 and 12, and now we're going to go to 3 and 23. Um, And it says here, There is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All. So again, this is um, the burden that we have borne, that we have received because of Adam and what he did. And but we thank God that because of what Christ came to do and did, we have now the opportunity to be able to be freed from that. So he gives us this opportunity to be freed, to be released, um, to be forgiven, to be reconciled back to him. He does this for us. We couldn't do it for ourselves. Uh, I want to continue to read... um, from uh, the same uh, verse after 23 into 24, and it says, and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So let me read the entire two verses together. 23 says, for there, it says, there's no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God 24, and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. 25 says God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. So I know sometimes people think or say it seems so unfair what Adam did and because what Adam did now we're all under sin. And I get that. I get that. But let's look at the full picture. Now that Christ has come, it's because of what Christ has done that we are now able to be freed from this sin, Um, the sin that um, brought sin upon all of us by way of Adam. We can now be free of that. And then once we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, and we are freed of that original sin, then we have the promise of 1 John 1 and 9 that when we do have mistakes made, when we do sin, um, as we walk with the Lord, and we will, that he tells us we can confess that. But that's only for a believer. We can only confess that sin, whether it's lying, stealing, cheating, and so forth only as a believer because we have received Christ as our Lord and Savior 
to reconcile us back to God because of the original first sin. So I'm hoping this is being clear to you because it's important to understand the difference. Yes, we will do things that in this life will be sinful. That is true. But as a believer, 1 John 1 and 9 says, if we confess our sins, that he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Why? Because back in Romans chapter 3, we just read that in verse 24, it says, and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. And 25 says, God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. So we are his children. And when we mess up, when we do wrong, when we sin, when we fall short or what have you, then because of his atoning blood that was shed for us, we can be washed again. But we have to get there first. And what I mean by that, we have to receive him first as Lord and Savior because Jesus came to bridge that gap. He came to reconcile us back to the Father because Adam had ruined that. There was no relationship or true fellowship because of the sin that Adam committed, but Christ came to resolve that. Christ came to to work that and... um, to clear the path, to clear the way for us. And so these verses, beloved, are to to help us as we are sharing with people because we oftentimes, when we talk to people, they'll say, well, I haven't done anything as bad as whatever, whatever, whatever. They may hear of a crime on television or whatever and say, well, I haven't done that, so I'm a good person. Well, that may be based upon how you think, but in terms of what God thinks and what God says about sin and righteousness, that's where the standard has to lie with him. And so he's the one that sets the standard. He is the one that defines what is and what is not acceptable. And so not what we think, but what he says from his word. And so we have to stay with the word in order to be able to um, be clear and make sure that we are Uh, in right standing with him and we become in right standing with him not based upon what we do or don't do but based upon what Christ has already done for us and so when we receive him when we accept what he did when we accept his blood sacrifice for us and what he did for us on the cross then and only then can we live for him unhindered And should we then sin after that, and only after that, can we confess those sins and be forgiven of those sins? So I trust and pray that this has helped you, and I pray that you would just ask the Holy Spirit to give you clearer and better understanding of these verses, and that we might be able to share with someone along the way who may not know Jesus as Lord and Savior. God bless you. Shalom, shalom.